Welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to the commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified Sylvester trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I am glad you are here listening to this podcast. In this episode, Dusty and I talk with Matt Waxer and Jason Norman. What's up, everybody? We're finally here. Uh, tonight, Dusty and I have two special guests from north of the border. We have the HVAC doctor, Matt Waxer, and we have HVAC J604. Jason, what's going on, guys? Not what's much. Happening? How you doing? What's happening? Uh, just, just winding down, man. It's been a... It's one of the first weeks where I've been almost a full schedule of work and just, you know, I've been kind of a half schedule for the last five, six weeks and going back into like 14, 12 hour days, just kind of dragging it out of me. That'll do it to you, Pat. Yeah. But it's in you, brother. You know, you keep grinding, you keep doing what you do. And, yeah. uh, you know, great things come to great people like yourself, brother. Yeah. I'm just trying to get some of these new guys trained up and. I think once I get these new guys trained up, it'll be a lot better off, a lot easier. So we'll see. Um, also a lot easier to train them up when they show up on time. Dude, that was so, <laughs> so, that's like my pet peeve, dude. And he like, the way he handled it and like called me and acted like I was late and he wasn't at the right place, it just like struck a nerve. It's just like, you just set the, you set the tone for the whole day and that's not the tone you want to set. <laughs> hey, was- I, I know Pat and I, we chatted about this issue, and Pat and I are of a similar mindset. Uh, So to set the stage a little bit, uh, Pat had an apprentice uh, show up late uh, to to work, to hitch a ride with him, and just in general show up late. So, you know, my opinion on this matter is for apprentice helpers that are breaking into this industry, you've got to grind. you got to pay your dues. you got to show up. So if someone says, if your mechanic says, I'm picking you up at 7 a.m., you be at that pickup spot at 6.45 a.m. If you're there at 7 a.m., you're late. So, you know, you show respect to that mechanic. You show respect to the industry. You show up early, ready to go, and willing to go. And Jay, what do you think about that? I couldn't agree more. I was um, quite the eager beaver to impress my journeyman when I was an apprentice, right? You kind of had to be. It's, I hate to say, like, you wanted to be teacher's pet, but you kind of did. Like, when they journeymen were doing the cool, fun jobs, you wanted to be the apprentice they picked to come do something new, fun, and exciting. And you, if they're, when I started working, there were several other apprentices that were hired before me. So it was kind of like you kind of had to play the game a little bit to be chosen for the cool stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, my thing is, I just say the seven, the fifteen minute early thing, but as long as you're at the job ready to go by seven o'clock, I don't care. I don't want you showing up at seven and want sitting on your phone for five or ten minutes, or showing up at seven o five, you know, and just lollygagging in. Because a lot of times, you know, in my industry and in me and Dustin's industry, that first AM call is golden. We could actually charge a premium for that seven o'clock time slot, and. I mean, sometimes customers come in early so we can get in there at 7 and get out before they get there. And to show up late and a customer's waiting on you, is just, it's disrespectful and rude to the customer, I feel. I mean, if you're going to show up at 7 o'clock, you better be jumping out your truck ready to go. But I prefer you to be there about 7.05. Then you can, you know, get your shit together for a couple minutes and then come in. I mean, 
But yeah, if you show up at seven and you sit in your truck for five, 10 minutes scrolling through Instagram, you know, check out the latest tools or whatever, that's what irritates me. Checking out the latest HVAC J604, who's above me, and the, the latest commercial kitchen chronicles over here. And <laughs> sorry, the, the directional thing ain't working tonight. Checking out the latest uh, <laughs> stuff from Dusty. If you're doing that before you get on a job, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. right, do that like, on your do that on your own time. Respect no. your mechanics' time and get there on time. No, and that's we like a lot of, good. What no, do you think about that, Dusty? Too, they'll. Uh, I've had a lot of customers like who will go out of their way and oblige you and be there at seven or six thirty. And if you show up late, you know they came in early and they're just sitting there, so they know you know there's an awkward like frustration. And especially if you run into snags in the job, you know, and you go, you're, you're a little later past eight o'clock or it's close to nine or they're, they're trying to open. Then you're just the guy who didn't respect them and opened up late. Now they're pissed off. So it's, you know, yeah, I like to be like in the door around the time they say they're going to be there. Uh, so like walking in at seven, getting to work at seven. So. Yeah. hundred percent. Couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. Um, for myself, if, if I have a customer where, I'm scheduled to be on a facility, say at 7 a.m. I'm walking in and saying to the customer you know, at, you know, 650. Hey, yeah. I've just parked. I'm unloaded. I'm ready to go with my team. If I have an apprentice with me, I'm ready to go. I know we're a little bit early, but is it cool if we get in and get going early? A lot of times, yeah. nine times out of 10, they really respect the fact that you came in early you're showing that drive that initiative to get stuff taken care of and uh get that you know call knocked out of the ballpark before uh they expected you to actually be there yeah i'm not i'm not trying to be rude laughing i'm just trying to figure out what's what's in jay's lap i was thinking so, the same dog. thing man what is that oh, it's, it's like i kept seeing like a little head pop up i'm like is that a dog He's Please tell me it's not a puppet or something. No, <laughs> no, and Jay, like, you never we know what he's going to have. this live stream. Jason's out. He's we can't talk to him anymore. Uh, he was howling upstairs. It's just me and the dog home right now, and he's he's whining because his people aren't here right now. Uh, that's fine. I was just curious what it was. I didn't know if, like you had a puppet or something. I was like, please tell me this dude doesn't have a puppet, man. Please tell me he doesn't have a puppet. I thought it was a blanket, like a sheet. Like he was like snuggled up in like a fleece. <laughs> no, this is my little dog. <laughs> That's Jay's Snuggie, if you don't mind. That's a yeah. Snuggie. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay's had a little busy day. He got up early today, and he did a he did some previous podcasts. He uh, some of my friends sniped uh, my interview today. You got so, scooped. Yeah, but I call it the practice run for the real podcast that's going tonight. There, Pat. <laughs> I'll just drop. I'll just drop my episode before theirs, but I keep competing <laughs> with their numbers, so. <laughs> But no, Eric and Andy are they're, they're two of the best in the business, man. They're, uh, I really look up to those guys. So uh, anything they do, I'd make sure I check it out. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're definitely stand-up guys. And how Jay got his way on there, I, I'm going to have to work some of Jay's magic. I don't know how it was. <laughs> I don't know how it worked out either. But <laughs> that map, man, they remember that map. <laughs> so I remember the where in uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego stickers. That's right. I only got a few left. A few That's left pretty good, too. I want some random person to find it and then try to figure out where it comes from. <laughs> I've left a few out in the wild and I didn't post just like underneath like coffee tables and stuff at like coffee places. And um, I just wrote on the painter's tape, like, if you find this on Instagram, like, come find me. 
and nothing's happened yet. So they're probably just sitting underneath there somewhere. I want to take mine in like every bathroom. Like I stop at a gas station, like slap them up on the walls. And I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I got a friend out in California and he was in one of my classes a couple of years ago. He's like, dude, if you send me a, he's like, if you send me a stack of those, I'll put them all over the place. So I need to get some stuff to California and see where all these sticks are. Hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Jay's whole uh, "Where in the world is Carmen San Diego" sticker thing. You know, that I think has officially become Jay's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> is that? I've, did you put one at a United refrigeration? Is that what I saw? No, I don't think so. There's no Uniteds where I where I am. There we have like oh, a, right. one specific to Western Canada, basically. So um, mm. they're pretty big out here right now. So I've uh, been hiding them underneath there. That's kind of RSL is the one that we use the most. Not to okay. be confused with the company name above Pat's head there. Yeah. 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 They yeah. sell RLS. they RLS. R. Well, I'm gonna mess this up now. Um, RSL <laughs> sells RLS. There you go. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get. <laughs> I need to get Jay. I need to get um oh Dusty up here and let him try out the RLS system, or go down there and let him try it out on something. Um, it's it's definitely pretty different, but it, it does a pretty cool job. So it uh it's definitely worth it. I just did some water lines uh, for our tilt skillet. Um, just it's probably twenty foot, so I guess thirty foot in total. Uh, but I just had to solder it because I didn't have a press, and I was thinking the whole time I was like, damn it, man. <laughs> you can rent them, man. It's time video? for you to get time for you to get hooked up with uh, Colton and Becca, with yeah. uh, Viega. With, sorry, with uh, Viga. Viga, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. I'm waiting on uh, Becca to reach out and start finalizing some stuff. So it's not not time for you to have her reach out to you, Pat. Like I know, oh, no, we've been in talks. <laughs> yeah. We've been in talks. I'm just waiting on. She's just busy. She's trying to set some stuff up. So uh, I, need I know the feeling. Tomorrow. I need to right. message her tomorrow and see what's up. So. Oh, we got some comments. I guess I better swing back to that screen and check it out. So we got refrigeration kitchen tech in the house. We got kitchen cowboy. Five minutes early and ten minutes late. If I'm not if I'm not there yet, find trash. Yeah. Uh the HVACR Brady Bunch. Hey, I'll take it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so So if we start pointing around the screen here, are we the HVAC Brady Bunch tonight? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this way. Oh, my directional is off. There you go. It's like, what camera. am I doing, man? <laughs> it's backwards, what? man. It gets me every the time. The direction's <laughs> hard on this. Like, man, over there. Jay's like, not pointing. He knows the game here. Jay's <laughs> like, whatever, man. We'll figure it out. I've never yep. seen Jay so quiet in my life. Oh, there. There it is. Got it. Is he taking a nap like the two of you did, apparently, on a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we all, we officially met in person at the uh, HVAC Tactical Awards. Um, so that was a pretty cool night. We were all dressed up. Um, Team Canada was kicking everybody's butt. I managed to squeak one out there. So um, that's when we all first met was that night. And then we just kind of hung out, you know, off and on for the next three days at the show. And it was a, it was a blast. So, but uh, Jay came up, had the bright idea to go find the Trey's great again podcast and taking that during a uh, one of the shows so we did it jay wanted to think take a nap in the beginning and i didn't want to derail it till the very end so <laughs> there's not a lot of places to hang out and have some quiet time and have a little moment of reflection to re-energize the batteries it's a big show it's a lot of walking right so we found we we, we carved oh, our, our little spot there at the end 
hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Uh, so the whole ahead, the whole stream from my recording because I had like one. I had the second to last slot podcast slot on Wednesday. So the second to last slot before they close the showdown, I'm doing my recording and it's me and Colton there, my wife, um, Rebecca, and uh, I think there's a couple of people there. And I was like, hey, you know, we got a great audience of five people here, and people are tearing down their booths and everything else, and I'm just cracking up. There's people hauling shit out. I was like, I was just glad to have a time slot, because I didn't know, you know, how to book a time slot or anything like that. I just kind of, hey, this is open. Do you want it? Oh, yeah, give it to me. So, but it was cool. It was, it was still a fun experience. Um, but, yeah, you definitely got to come next year, Dusty. I'll be there. You know, I've heard it. I've, I've been ridiculed enough. I'll be there next year. <laughs> Backing up to the tactical awards, I, I got to say, there was one table that actually cleaned up that night. And that, yeah, that was table 22. Yeah, our table uh, knocked it out of the park. The best picture is when I was getting to get my awards, and that guy, I don't know who he was, I was sitting across from me. He was like jumping in the air, like screaming and stuff. There's a picture of him like jumping in the air behind me as I'm like walking up to the stage. I'm like, I don't even know who that guy was. He was hammered. Absolutely, hammered. <laughs> man. Our but, boys from like uh, Global the Source uh, that were at our table; those boys were uh, they were well into the sauce that night. Is that who they were? They were Global the Source. Uh, Global the Source was at our table, and uh, also uh, Mark Tama from uh, GE. He was really? at our table, but he wasn't. I think he was sitting right beside you, Pat. He wasn't okay. heavy heavy into it, but. Uh, our boys little, from our boys from little, global they were hitting it hard it was a little skinny guy he was the one that was in the background with a picture jumping up in the air okay yeah. no that, those boys were with global dude they were putting them down that guy was coming back with like three or four at a time i was like dude, Whoa, they were, we were at the table we were at the table party yeah i think i know the guy you're talking about skinny bald dude yeah like if you yeah. scroll the tactical award pictures he's like i'm walking up and he's in the background jumping these guys arms up in the air yeah yeah, man, that I was like, I love that picture. I was like, I don't that know. That dude was inviting uh, Christine, my wife, and myself down to his place in Dunedin, Florida. I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, if you remember the night, uh, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit more um, quiet on how many drinks I had. I just hanging out, chatting with so many people. I just like lost track of time to like, oh, I need to go get another drink. You just got hung up talking to everybody, and you'd move on to the next person. You, it was hard to get to the bar. And the people that were at the bar in line would almost be sidetracked with like to actually order their drink because everyone's just chatting in line. It was really fun to finally put so many names to faces and faces to names of people that you may or may not have spoken to online or may or may not follow or know. But then to get to actually see them in person was like super fun. Like I That was probably my favorite thing of the night, just networking and mm-hmm. saying hi to everybody. It was great. I even at like tactical and across AHR, um you do in you know three days you can do a year and a bit worth of networking it's amazing just the number of people that uh you know i've chatted with on social for years where we never had the opportunity to meet where you know finally you get to you know have that face-to-face interaction so you know like chatting with pat you know, for a good bit of time before going down to Atlanta and with Jay. Um, Cause you know, although we're Canadian, we're separated uh, between uh, 
a good bit of distance. Just a little bit, an entire just, country. Just a wee little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully this summer I'll be out in your neck of the woods, Jay, and uh, you'll be riding through where I'm vacationing, brother. That sounds we'll, good, We'll man. do something up. <clears throat> but, um, you know, being able to just network and make those face-to-face human connections, it's absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, come next year in Chicago, Dusty, like, you know, the amount of people you're going to meet, brother, it's going to be absolutely mind-blasting. And just, you know, you're in store for something magical and special, my man. Yeah. I'm definitely weird. stoked. It's just weird because you see, you talk to people all the time, but you're friends, but you've never really met them in person. And then like, you meet them in person, it's just like you've known them for years. It's the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. Like, last year was my first year ever at a trade show like anything. The first year at the Tactical Awards. And I sat down at the table and I looked up and there was – Eric Ani and Andy Mickelson, and I was like starstruck. I was like a little kid, like I seen, you know, I was at Disney World, seeing Mickey Mouse for the first time. I was like, oh my god, you know, it was the funnest experience. You know, both those guys talked to me like they'd known me. I was like, and ever since then, I, you know, I messaged them. I've been, I've done their show, and it's like, you know, I met Chris Stevens. You know, I followed Chris for years on HBRC videos, and I met him, and like he talked to me like he'd known me for years. Heck, this year we hung out Saturday night, and we went out to dinner, and you know, him, my wife, and me. And we had a great time. It's just like, you know, like old friends. It's just, it's crazy. The community that's been built through this HVAC stuff. I mean, you know, occasionally we got the shitheads that come in here and want to start shit, but most of the time we're all pretty laid back. We're all trying to help each other out. We're all trying to grow and build. And that's the cool thing about what's going on right now with, you know, the Instagram community. It's, it's a pretty positive place, uplifting place. You know, if guys are struggling and need help. You know, everyone's always ready to reach out and help them out. So it's cool. Yeah, speaking about cool Instagram communities, um, above me in this little chat, have you heard this week's uh, campaign and hashtag? Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you got going on, Jay? <laughs> it's, Matt's uh, little hashtag. It's a, uh, so Jay, at the beginning of the week, was about 30-plus followers away from the 1K mark. And uh, last I checked, now it's uh, sitting around uh, about 11 or so, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm shy about 15 or so from the 15 one. 15 now? Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Some, some come, some go, but, you know, yeah. we're a lot closer. So, uh, you know, this week is hashtag get J to 1K. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I love it. It worked. You know, when, when well, no, it's working. Working. Uh, we're going to do our damnedest over, if it doesn't happen this week, guess what? It gets rolled over into next week because hashtag get J to 1K needs to happen. The good news is, is I ain't going no place. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay. And um, so people are just going to have to learn to put up with me, whether they follow me or not. So <laughs> I'm, I'm digging all the intros this week, all the promos, man. It's, it's funny. Like I started as just a joke one day and like I had pretty good feedback, you know, and Jay, you know, was like one of the first people to comment about it. And I was like, I just kept doing it over and over. So now I'm, I'm trying to find some other piece of equipment to do it in. It's kind of like my little stick. So uh, it, I sent, I made a little video to like to that theme where you just pop your head into a unit or out of out of something, and I sent it to Pat a few days before the podcast here today, and then uh, I didn't say anything to anybody about it, and then Pat put something together, and then Matt messaged me. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know we were supposed to like make a little like, promo video," and I'm like, "He's like, it's a little more than that." Like, no, no, he didn't. He didn't ask me. I just did it. It was, it was more. 
Damn it, you boys beat me to it. <laughs> Same thing with like the RLS competition that Pat was so gracious to have Matt and I on his team. Like, I I just kind of made a funny video and then I sent it to Pat. And I'm like, hey, you should uh, post this. It blew and up. Then I sent, dude. And then I sent another one. And then I, I sent another one. And then fun. he's like, okay, and I think also, we should probably uh, go for Paul, it. Paul loved that as well, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. I like Dusty, his tool bag, the zipper. I was trying to figure out because it was dark. I was like, where am I at? Where are we at? Where are we at? <laughs> the unzipped tool bag. I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It was the Vito bag, my MB3B. After Straight seeing the, uh, the little one that dropped from uh, Jay and uh, Pat, I'm like, you know what? Darn it. I got to do my best impersonation of Pat. <laughs> and although I don't have a commercial fridge to open up and say, "Oh, hey, there you are." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours is good too. I like I yours because got... you had you had a little subliminal messages in there. You had the <laughs> the Cajun sauce, the or uh, Cajun Joe's yep. uh, I had Cajun Joe's spice, the, the Creole mustard. Yep, the, that Zatarans Creole mustard that uh, the good boys from HVAC R and D sent over to me, and uh, also had the R and D hat on as well. So mm. it was kind of a uh, you know, try to pack multiple messages into one little video, and uh, see you know how many people how many people pick up on it. Yeah, riding well. Riding jumped in today with the hitchhikers, so that was, oh, that was a good one too. He called me earlier. He's like, "Hey, we'll put something out." I was like, "Okay, man, I appreciate you know all the support. You know, getting the word out there." Um, yeah, for sure. It's growing. It's slow, but it's steady. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, I'm that's enjoying the, the ride. That's the thing with uh, with social is you're going to go through spurts of rapid growth and spurts of small decline and spurts of steady growth. And I, I think the, you know, with my account and, you know, with Pat's and now seeing it with Jay's and I got to jump on following more along with uh, you have going on there, Dusty. But, yep. uh, you know, with with Jay and with Pat's, it's a slow, steady growth that I'm seeing. It's a slow, steady, organic growth. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm seeing that kind of with mine as well. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, for at least for me in the social media world, it, it speaks to people, you know, gaining traction and people wanting to stick around to see the content that you're putting out, as opposed to all of a sudden you acquire, you know, 10,000 followers right off the bat. It's mm. like, you know, how many of those are actually legitimate people who actually want to see what you do and invest in what you do? I'm yeah. not set up physically to have that uh, happen, if you know what I mean. <laughs> For some of these accounts just blow up overnight. I'm like, oh, you had uh, 700 followers three days ago, and now you're like 10K. But Some of those accounts that start at that and then all of a sudden blow up, like they're once in a blue moon. Oh, kind yeah. of things, but others that do that, they're paying for that, man. Well, most of them are oh. hot, hot chicks, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think any of us got that uh, that aspect going on yeah. for us. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's talk about a little bit of work. So, I'm gonna start with Jay. Jay, what all do you work on day to day? I've seen some of your stuff, and it's all kind of different. I mean, I've seen you do some refrigeration, some HVAC. So you kind of do a little mixed bag of everything. Yeah, it's it's even changed throughout the years. Um, I'm kind of a unique cat. I've been with my employer since I was an apprentice, so I've been there for over 15 years. And when I started there, we were really small, so we didn't say no to 
any work. So I've worked in lots of commercial kitchens from working on like the makeup airs and the exhaust fans to working on the refrigeration stuff, whether it's an ice machine, a cooler. Um, my favorite was um, an Italian gelato machine where everything was in Italian. I had no idea how to read the wiring diagram. It was a nightmare. Um, and so from there, we've, I, I used to do a little bit of residential back in the day. And now in the last few years, um, I'm a foreman. There's about 12 or 14 of us on the tools, all awesome guys. And uh, we do a lot of, we have a little install crew that do installs and TIs and re and re's and stuff like that. And then I'm on the service side. We do any and everything from multi-million BTU boilers, makeup airs, air conditioners, dehumidifiers. My favorite stuff to work on, to be honest, is probably clean labs. Um, their stuff, when it breaks, there's no, oh, come tomorrow and we'll approve the quote next week after someone reviews it. It's, if there's an urgency to like look after the, the equipment and if something goes down that, you know, we're going to get this looked after right away and we're going to get it taken care of. And it's usually a fairly clean environment as well. And there's lots of really cool stuff that goes along with maintaining like a nice clean line of temperature, a nice clean line of humidity, a nice clean line of space pressure. So that like the process, whatever it might be, whether it's pharmaceutical or manufacturing can be the same set of conditions every day. That's cool. That's cool. I've never done any clean room work or anything like that, but I mean, that sounds sounds like it'd be pretty neat. I'm I'm always intrigued by like like the more difficult the stuff is, the harder it is to work on. Or I mean, it may just be that way because I don't do it, but it's like it always intrigues me, and like I want to learn it. So that'd be uh, pretty cool. I seen some of the, you know the blower wheel you were tearing apart this week and some other stuff. I'm like, oh, what's that going on? So that's a tiny unit. It's a tiny small, unit. Little, small little pool dehum unit. If I'm not that's familiar. right. I, I was wondering if you're going to snipe that out there, uh, Matt. Yeah, it was a Dectron. Yeah, the company I, I, uh, there we go. There's my pointing ability. Uh, company I work for is a, uh, a rep firm for a select line of, uh, you know, you want to say higher end HVAC products, um, niche HVAC products. So, Back in the day, they actually used to rep Dectron. Uh, and now they rep a different different brand, Ceresco. Uh, and so basically Dectron, Ceresco, and Poolpack are all owned by the same company. So back in the day, the units were different. Uh, but now they've been amalgamated under a, a single manufacturer. So really the only difference is a sticker nowadays um but you know in the in the indoor pool environment uh you need a pool dehumidifier you need a way to control that environment that uh natatorium so you need to you know tightly control your your relative humidity in the space and control your sensible temperature as well so pool environments work on kind of like a goldilocks principle so you know, let's say you're maintaining your, your swimming pool at 80 degrees Fahrenheit, just for argument's sake. Well, you want that air in the space to be at least 82 because when people walk into that environment in their swim, swim attire, you don't want them to be cold. But when, you get, when they get into the water, you want that to be a little bit colder so they're like, oh, this is nice and refreshing. I can swim around, do my thing. Then when they get out of the water, you want that air 
and that humidity be controlled, you want that air to be a bit warmer. So you're controlling the evaporative humidity, or the evaporative cooling effect off their skin uh, so they don't really get cold. So kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears with that porridge being just right. You know, <laughs> indoor pool environments, it, it's a fine science of making it just right. And, you know, one big thing for making it just right, like what Jay was doing, is making sure you got air movement, man. If that blower ain't moving air, there's no way to control that humidity and that temperature. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. I, I used to work on some uh, pool dehums for like small, I say small houses. They're pretty big houses, but they had small pools actually inside the house. <laughs> yeah. And so not only is what Matt just described really important, but if their pool dehumidifier stops working, the drywall starts peeling off the ceilings and the walls and stuff like that within a, within like a day or so. So it's like there's a there's a bit of urgency to make sure that stuff's looked after. That's oh, crazy. Like, so uh, place I was on this week, well, two days ago, as uh, repairing a uh, a residential site that has uh, two two indoor pool units for the facility. It's a two-story indoor pool environment. The second story of this environment has a, uh, a walking track around it. Uh, so very large for a residential facility. It, it's a pretty big pool natatorium. So they got probably a combined, uh, let's see, they got probably about 25 tons worth of uh, pool, you know, cooling and dehum capacity for this. Like the the pool room on this facility, on this facility, on this house mansion, was about just the pool room itself was about thirty five hundred square feet. Uh, so uh, you can fit like you know two three of my houses in this one pool room, let alone the house itself. Yeah, I had All to right. derail it there for a minute. Poor John. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dang, and I'm over here just trying to make sure the fries come out crispy. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, man. And then, like, going from, you know, that mansion that I was working on, restoring uh, that uh, pool dehum unit. Um, I've worked on pool dehum units that serve Olympic-sized pools. Uh, like, you know, HVAC know-it-all, uh, Gary and myself, uh, were working on one of these custom units that uh, we had to replace you know, half of the fan wall grid on. It was uh, fun times and it's a unique, <laughs> unique appliance that not many people ever get to see or get alone work on. Yeah, I'm always intrigued by the stuff you post. Like, you know, I had an Aon unit a few years ago on a restaurant and it was like a base model. It was like, I thought it was a piece of garbage. I mean, and then I see the Aon. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, they're like every other brand. You got baseline stuff. And like the stuff I see was just the baseline. I'm like, man, this thing's a turd, you know? It goes old, beat up. And then I see the stuff you post. I'm like, holy cow, they have like top of the line crazy stuff. I'm like, how yeah, do they make this and that? I'm like, it makes no sense at all. Well, like, you know, to be fair, the the product that you went to, Pat, it's, it's probably a, a decent level, entry level Aon unit yeah. has been neglected oh yeah yeah they're always and neglected it's these things are they're built above and beyond you know your standard chiclet units so mm -hmm. you know aon you know it's on the hat it's one of the other product lines that uh the rep firm i work for you know sells and represents and realistically speaking that's 
why I came to work for the company I work for currently is because I had done, you know, three and a bit years worth of subcontracted startups with them through the company I worked for previously before stuff went wrong where I was at to then make the easy decision to go work where I am right now to work full time as a, you know, commissioning technician and, you know, doing warranty repair on, on the products they rep. And probably over 80% of my work is on the product line on my hat. So, you know, these things are, they're built to be a 30 year unit, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, That's crazy. The walls on them, like the actual shell of the unit, there are 13 insulated. It's a walk-in box sitting on a roof. You're not losing efficiency out of the damn thing when it's in, you know, whatever mode of operation it's in. If it's been neglected and abused over the years, yeah, you're going to lose efficiency and performance out of it. And, you know, some of the stuff I work on, you know, you want to call it upper level Aeon stuff, maybe. Like, I'm blessed and lucky to work on the products I work on. It's, you know, great to actually work on the stuff I work on. It's a product line that on the small end of things, you're looking at like a three ton cooling capacity unit. And, you know, some of the bigger stuff I've worked on, 240 tons worth of cooling capacity on a rooftop unit. They're the size of a long school bus. That's nuts. That's, so, that's what like, I'm saying. The one I was, I was working on a makeup air unit today uh, for the little post I, I put out this morning. Um, you know, it, it was a cool, crisp day. We're working on the heating side of some makeup air units. I was on maybe a half year, year ago to commission. We had to iron out some small little things on them. And, uh, you know, the, the one that I got thrown on this morning, it was 75 tons of cooling capacity makeup air unit, uh, VFD compressors, two Danfoss VFDs and uh, a tandem set of on-off Danfoss and 2 million BTUs of indirect fired makeup air unit heating. It, it's a nice little unit to play with. I love that kind of stuff, Matt. That's crazy. I want to ask Dusty a question. Good. Ask away, okay. man. <laughs> so have you heard of the joke, you know, like how many electricians does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, uh, yeah. I think so. Okay. Okay. So here's another one. So how many <laughs> refrigeration mechanics or heating and cooling professionals does it take to change a thermostat or inspect a thermostat oh my god it depends uh, are we at the vega party are we, <laughs> might are we sober <laughs> yeah we might not be we might not be on that one do we have robert from pe hvac you know chirping in on it as well yeah. so here's, the, loaded here's the story there like, what's the so backstory we're all, we're oh, all hanging bad. out at the vega party on the tuesday night and yeah. um um there, it's the back of the restaurant was like really warm, and then eventually we dawned on ourselves to, to like let's do some investigative journalism here and find out why this <laughs> stuff is not cooling. And so, there's a old Honeywell thermostat on the wall, and it's got duct tape like in multiple spots, like four foot sections of duct tape holding this thing on the wall, and the screen's blank. There's nothing. There's no one home yeah. on that one. So, I think it might have been me. I think I pulled it off. Was the first one to pull it off, and. You know, inspect the pins where it receives into the the base of the thermostat, and we discovered that the base of the thermostat where the pins click in, it was broken. So mm. we were able to fix that part of it, but um, 
I guess when someone tried to push it in before and put the tape on it, it broke the pins. So mm. it was after several minutes and I don't know, there was at least 20 mechanics back there telling us how to take this thermostat <laughs> on and off the wall. Um, we yeah, determined that it was not going to, it was not repairable, <laughs> not repairable whatsoever. But I think every single time a new person joined the back of the restaurant, they, they determined that they were the one Look out of my way. <laughs> I know how to replace a thermostat and inspect a thermostat. You guys don't know what you're doing. Just get out of the way. There was Tool Pros was back there. Colton was back there. The three of us are back there. There was EHVAC oh was going nuts. He was like, no, no, here's what you got to do. Here's what, look out of my way, guys. Look out of my way. There as long as he didn't have his whistle, I don't care. I'll answer Dave's oh, question whistle. in just a second. All right. I just want to make sure you've seen Dave's question. So. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to answer Dave's question... Uh, all purchasing of Aon equipment and also Aon parts will need to go through your local Aon rep. So if you're in my neck of the woods in Toronto, Canada, you're going through, yeah, pointing abilities again, you're going through this company uh, to inquire about purchasing new, new equipment and parts for the equipment. Uh, if you're in a different neck of the woods, you're going to have to find out who your local Aon rep firm is and inquire with them about uh, replacement equipment and replacement parts. Hope that helps out, brother. <laughs> yeah, that thermostat was it was it was pretty funny. I walked by, I could I could barely see straight. I was like, it's still off, and I just left. <laughs> <laughs> I think we reached to the collective agreement that we were going to leave Jay standing there holding the thermostat with one hand to actually get the screen to illuminate and actually power up properly. I would have done it if it would have cooled down the back of the restaurant because the fan did turn on and the light, the backlight would come on for short periods of time, but then it would just fizzle out because all those pins were loose because they had been jammed into the receiver of the base. So they were no coming back from that. There was a chef at one point that walked by and he was all curious, like, what are you guys doing to the thermostat? And we're like, don't worry, we got you. Like, we're, it's in your best interest that we have a look at this. We know what we're doing. We're, we're HVAC and HVAC professionals. Step away, step away. That place was packed, man. Yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. When I got there, we got there after we went to the RLS party for a little bit and we went there. By the time I got there, everybody was already in rare form. Um, and it was like, I seen the front and I didn't realize there was a hallway that went back to that back room. Then went back there and I was like, holy smokes, there's people back here packed in here. It was absolutely insane. So I not to mention the you know, they had a decent spread of food in the back there, man. I stole well. the I stole one of the props on accident. So I did the photo booth up front and I stuck it in my pocket <laughs> to grab a different prop. And I'm like, I'm walking around like later that night, and I'm like, I get this prop in my back pocket. I'm like, man, I could at least stole a good one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's another part of AHR. You know, Dusty, you'll get experience. There's parties like yeah. all these different manufacturers. These vendors have events, and they bring their, you know, they bring all the reps in. But they also bring in uh, the social media or their people, like you know, the influencers. They want to call it. I don't. I mean, I don't really like that word. I don't influence in nobody. But I am. Um, you know, they have people like us come in, and they you know have food and have drinks. They have giveaways and stuff. And it's just it's just a cool environment and. I, I think wish... a more appropriate word, Pat, you know, I don't like the term social media influencer as well. I, you know, similar mindset to you. And I know Gary is of the same mindset. Mm -hmm. um, social media personality, I think, is yeah. more appropriate. Like, yeah, really, we are our own personalities. We are our own brands in, in, in an essence. You know, the HVAC doctor 
for lack of a better term, is a social media brand. Commercial mm -hmm. Kitchen Chronicles is a social media brand. Hashtag get HVAC J604 to 1K. <laughs> HVAC J604 is a brand. You know, yeah. Dusty, you know, your page, it's a brand. Yeah, he just had a name change, so. I did. <laughs> My I, I can't remember what Dusty's page is. <laughs> My yeah, apologies. Well, I think it's a couple of weeks ago I finally changed. I've been, I was messing around with names, uh, and I, like, went through such a phase of, like, I would post for a little bit. And I'd either get like burned out, like on work and just be like, I don't even want to post it. Uh, but recently I've been trying to, you know, push that up a little bit. So I went with the name, changed it. I was just like thinking, I was like, man, what's something simple? I just use my name and then kitchen tech. Uh, yeah. Cause everything else was so long. It was like, you know, food service equipment repair. And I'm like, damn it. No, that's never going to work. Yeah. Mine used stuff. to be like kitchen underscore HVAC underscore repair. And then I did, yeah. I did uh, the Mitch Trace Gradigan podcast and he, I kind of got bullied into changing my name to match the podcast name, so wow. yeah. so that's why I changed my name. So, oh, is the podcast already named Commercial Kitchen? Yeah, is the podcast is always named yeah. that. And I'm still going by my Kitchen underscore HVACR underscore Repair, and um, yeah. and Eric's like, this is too confusing. Just change your name. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just be the same. Keep it the so, same. It worked out. So, Matt. You got the HVAC doctor name. A lot of people don't know the story behind there. I've heard it, but yeah. you have a condensed down version of how you got that name. I'll, I'll try to give the uh, the crash course version that I, I've been given. So, <laughs> you know, the, the name, the HVAC doctor, in terms of the social media handle, all aspects of the name are actual fact and reality. So the, yeah, I'm I'm the uh, <laughs> HVAC. I'm a licensed. You know, licensed HVAC, refrigeration, air conditioning system mechanic, licensed gas fitter one in uh, in the province I work in. I can work on any BTU input appliance. Now, the doctor part, that's where some people get confused. Yeah. <laughs> so some people think, you know, oh, he's an HVAC doctor. He goes around and doctors up and fixes HVAC. No. The doctor part's also true as well. So I've spent 14 years of post-secondary education to get a PhD in developmental cognitive neuroscience. And then people <laughs> think, well, sh pardon the French, oh shit, what are you doing in the HVAC industry? Well, you know, partway through my PhD, there was a fundamental change in the way that uh, the academic world operated. So I would have been left without a job as a trying to be a university professor. So I had always worked in the skilled trade since I was like 12 years old. My uncle's a master carpenter. And, you know, as I was wrapping up my PhD, I went back into carpentry and, you know, don't get me wrong. I love doing woodworking. I love carpentry, but for a living, it's, it's not something I want to do. It's not something that gives me enough challenge and motivation. So I stumbled around in the skilled trades for a little bit and uh, stumbled into this crazy, wacky, wonderful world of HVAC. And man, once I got in it, I haven't looked back because on a daily, it keeps me, my mind occupied, keeps me going. It's what drives me to do what I do each and every single day. How's that for a condensed version, Pat? That works, nice. that works. Nice. That's the same thing with me, man. Uh, I like uh, variety. I like being challenged and what I do provides that challenge. Um, and so I just try to do as many things as possible. And it, it kind of just feeds my mind. So I get it. I like it. 
you hit on something there, Pat, like that whole challenge, like every single day for me is different. Yes. That was huge for me. Like, I didn't like, yes, it kind of sucks because you got to know a lot, but it makes it more interesting that, you know, I might be fixing something water related tomorrow and then gas related the next day. And you got to know a little bit about electrical and mill writing and carpentry. You got to know a little bit about all of it to make it all work. When, especially when you're installing something or servicing something to know how the building was built so that you can actually work on the equipment effectively is huge. And so mm -hmm. that's why I kind of fell in love with this trade as well. I just, even from a young age before I was an apprentice, I kind of thought like, this is kind of the one for me because it's kind of a little bit of everything. Right. And it's, I certainly haven't regretted a single day since that's for sure. Yeah. My, my journey's kind of been, I started with electrician and, I transitioned over to hot side and I wanted to do refrigeration and now I'm trying to venture into the teaching side, training side. And it's just, it's always trying to do something different. Always trying to be better. Always trying to learn new stuff. And I think Dustin did the same thing. He kind of started up one part and he's kind of like added more and more and more into it. And it's just, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And that's what I did. I started, I used to do like building and home automation. Um, and it was kind of, it just got to the point where everything was the same. You know, there's no change, almost no challenge. Cause it's just kind of like mundane. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I left that job because I didn't want to travel anymore, went to HVAC. Uh, I, I did it for like a year, and it was almost like every day was something different in so many different ways. And now that I do hot side equipment, Pat knows, I mean, it's it's extremely different. Like the variety here is, is insane. You know, you'll work on five different, you know, pieces of equipment in one kitchen in one day. And that's I think that just helps me drive. And, you know, it helps you not get, you know, catch like a blunder or nothing gets mundane. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a big blessing in itself. For sure. I, I, I gotta I put a little bit of pun out on the commercial kitchen equipment side. Um, <laughs> so there was a facility that, uh, the HVAC foodie and I, uh, met on, uh, when I was working with a previous company, uh, where we met for him to commission the engineered air equipment. And once I left the company I was with at the time when I met him, went to the company I'm with right now. When I first started, we also did commissioning and startup for uh, commercial kitchen exhaust systems, uh, Spring Air. I don't know if Spring Air makes it down into your guys' neck of the woods or not. They're kind of a, they're a, a, an Ontario brand. Uh, they make, you know, very good uh, exhaust hood systems. So we got sent out to the same facility to work on uh, commissioning the spring air system uh, for their kitchen in this facility and going around looking at the different exhaust or the different kitchen equipment. Um, they had a whole bunch of Cleveland brand equipment uh, and uh, they had a steamer on that. Yeah, that's an unfortunate name. That's, that's... a very unfortunate <laughs> name. They make, they make great products, great products, but man, that name is so unfortunate. They had that name before that that probably came about, so it just kind of is what it is. But man, I've, I've worked on a lot of Cleveland steamers in my life. Man, man I, yeah. every time I saw that, I was chuckling like a little Oh, I still do. Man. I still yeah. do. I've been doing this 17 years, and every time I see a Cleveland steamer, I laugh. Yeah, I, I saw it on a work order for the first time, and it just said Cleveland Steamer, and I was like, "What the?" Yeah, you're like, "Who's trying to get me here?" It's like, "What? What's going on?" Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate name, great product. Yeah, Pat said, but man, I can't believe they went with that. Well, like I said, I think they, I think they had the name first before that came out. So, 
And it's uh, not a Cleveland that, that steamer. It's pretty a... old, so I, I don't know. We gotta we gotta go back in history here, maybe do a little well, research. Well, Cleveland Range is the company that makes it. They used to be based in Cleveland, Ohio, and then it's just the products of steamers. But yeah, so it's just kind of like no one thought about it or knew about. It. <laughs> no, someone did. Someone pushed that by like the R and D. They're like, <laughs> don't say nothing. Don't say anything. Let's do it. He was about to quit. He was like, just that's it. Approved. Let's, so now that we name. bridge that, we know we won't have a sponsor for commercial kitchen equipments from Cleveland Equipment. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's great. But no, there's a there's a. Um, I work on a lot of Garland Range. And it's made up in I think missile missile missile. Well, I can't read. It's up in Ontario somewhere. Mississauga. Mississauga, yes. Yep. So they're they're based out of there. They're, they're made up there. So I do a lot of work for them. Actually, that's what I'm running the first thing in the morning is a grill. But, yeah. So they're made up there. Uh, I've been trying to go up there and tour the facility, but I'll probably never get to go up there. Uh, come on. Garland is? That's yep. out uh, where the company I work for, that's where uh, our office is. So you make the trek up here, Pat, and uh, we'll definitely hook up, brother. Nice. I'll keep pushing the issue then. Beautiful. Make it happen. <laughs> you guys got to come up to CMPX after Chicago next year. 100%. There you go. So Is that in your neck of the woods? or That's in my neck of the woods up in Toronto. Okay. So CMPX is kind of like AHR super light. It's our Canadian version of CMPX. So <laughs> CMPX would fit in. Remember the in Atlanta, the, the bridging hallway between the two big halls. Yeah. CMPX would kind of fit in that bridging hallway. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, it, it's small, but it's it's big enough, but small, where you can really make those meaningful connections with the mm -hmm. different manufacturers and the different social media personalities that are going to be, be there as well. Yeah, the thing about, like, AHR is like some of those booths are freaking huge. I mean, this yeah. will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just on a booth and like the setup in the booth. It's crazy. You can you can walk around some booths for like 10, 15 minutes and not see everything in that booth. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the brands, one of the other brands uh, that the company I work for, they had a booth down there, uh, Condair Nortec. So they make steam humidifiers. And uh, man, like their booth... They had a, a bit of an unfortunate location for their booth, um, but all the products they had there, man, I could have spent hours on hours just going through the equipment and going through everything there. I had a, a targeted uh, you know, way to go to that particular booth to meet with someone in particular, and which was great to do so. Um, but yeah, man, you can spend so much time at different booths down there, like what you're saying, Pat. Yeah. And then if you drive, you can take all the freebies. If you fly, you gotta watch out. <laughs> I came down was, with a couple. I came down with a couple guys from work, so we um, we tactically brought some suitcases with us on the way to Atlanta. So like they weren't really full on the way down, but they were. Let me tell you, they're bursting at the seams on the way back with the <laughs> cool backpacks that we grabbed from the Tactical Awards and other t-shirts and swag and little knickknacks and stuff that you picked up along the show right when i went to vegas i drove to atlanta but I went to vegas i had a big suitcase and i had a smaller suitcase in it to have all our clothes when we flew back i just threw all the swag and the suitcases from and the bags from the uh, tactical war show and the other suitcase so i had two suitcases to bring back so <laughs> so and i, I gotta ahead. say 
just even going to the tactical awards, the amount of stuff that I was carrying out of that place, I needed another dang suitcase. Yeah, legit. Yeah. So Kitchen Cowboy says, with the sale of Wellville, I heard a lot of the manufacturing and parts support are moving back to their original locations. Just a rumor. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Um, I heard the kitchen carrier may be going away, and it may just be going um, back to the individual uh, locations. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. So that'll affect me. Who bought them? Was that Ali? Uh, Ali Group, yeah. Yeah, that's right. See, they announced they were sold to one company before it went through, and like all of a sudden it backed out, and then next thing you know, Ali Group bought them, but Ali Group paid yeah. cash, so cash is king. We got a well-built kitchen carrier down here in Jeff. Yeah, that's the, that's the kitchen carrier. It's in Jeffersonville. Yep, it's right down there yep. by you. It's, oh. I think it's going to go away, probably. Now, if I'm not oh, mistaken, man. Pat, weren't you working on some Hussman equipment recently? Oh, yeah, I destroyed the Hussman equipment yesterday. Yeah, man. I, that's another <laughs> place you got to hit up coming out to Mississauga. There are plants up here, too. So what happened was there was three eight-foot cases. Each case had two evaporators, two condensed units, um, and they were top mount. And when the company sold them, they told them that this should be a remote mount, and they said, no, we want them on top. Well, the problem was there was no airflow up there. They had grills up there, had it covered off. They were, it was killing compressors. It was literally like a compressor would die like every month. And uh, so they tried putting in returns up there, and they put different grills in to try to suck air through there, and it didn't help. I was measuring discharge temperatures out of a compressor like 300 degrees. I'm like, this oil is smoked. Whoa. You're 300 degrees. You're carbonating that that oil right away, man. Oh, uh, dude, it was trash. And it, 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 the compressors kept dying, so they had us take out one section and make it smaller, and they were hoping that the air coming would flow around it and get up there. And, like, literally, I we moved, we took out the middle section and butted two ends back together, so it was like a, a 16-foot section. And uh, we fired it up, and the next day, one of the compressors died. I was just like, and I was measuring temperatures, and it was still stupid hot. And uh, eventually, they just they got saved up the money. So this, these things were like not even three years old, and uh, wow. we just we cut them out. Yesterday, I, I pulled all the refrigerant out of them. We just cut everything out of them. We pushed them out into the the dining hall, and then they had a company come in and cut them up and haul them off a of scrap. They didn't so, have the option to go water source on them. Um, not there. Um, no, it's a super old building. It, that probably would have worked out. Um, currently, they're using like um, Pepsi. Like just Pepsi uh, HC hydrocarbon refrigerant coolers, but the uh, the condensing units are on the bottom on the ground, so it's sucking air off the ground. You know, seventy degree air versus being trapped up and recycling air. You gotta think there was those things were closed in drywalled with trim, and there were six condensing units up there just recycling air nonstop. And just <laughs> dude, it was just murder, man. That's just you, a you, hot supper of death up there, dude. You'd walk by and you'd hear them just shutting off because they had the temperature sensors on the discharge lines. And it kept me before us moved the temperature sensors somewhere else because they were all tripping out. <laughs> They're probably still tripping out on the liquid line. Uh, dude, it was yeah. terrible, dude. You'd walk by and you and click, you hear them shut off, and they'd just all be cycling <laughs> off on high temp. Like, this is stupid. Oh, and if not I think that, you talked about that cyclone internals. Yeah, it was. So that was $125,000 in cases we threw away. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it, Jay. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, that's it, unfortunate. They were murdered, man. Let's. It, it wasn't the case's fault. It was poor. No. It, another instance where a salesman sold somebody and put something in where they shouldn't have done it. I mean, we all run into that. I mean, it's just it's just part of part of it. Unfortunately, in our world, 
they they try jamming as much equipment under a pre-existing hood or a pre-existing gas line. You know, they've got a million BTUs rated of gas line there, but they're trying to run uh, 1.75 million BTUs or 2 million BTUs off of it. And they wonder why stuff's you know, kicking out, the pilots are going out and stuff. I'm like, you can't do this, guys. I mean, it's not designed for this. Just because it fits doesn't mean it chips. I mean, this isn't UPS. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you don't have the, the proper engineered capacity for what you're trying to run there. Shit ain't going to work right. Every day, man. Every day. I walk into the kitchen, I'm like, yeah, this ain't supposed to be here. <laughs> and you see it a lot, too. Like, if a customer wants to change from one type of equipment to another, and they just get a sales rep out there, or they, they call, they, they, they order the equipment, and have it shipped out, and they're like, oh, come install us. It's like, I can't. And then like sometimes they just don't understand, like it's not built for that. It's not engineered for that. And then you have to fight that battle. And then there's, you know, so many other taglines that go behind it. Oh, dude, I was fighting it last week. So there's a set of uh, combi I was trying to install. And uh, they bought them with the intention of going under a hood. And they had these disappearing doors. So the doors open and slide beside there and go away. And they're out of the mm -hmm. way. So people aren't running into them and stuff. And it at least kept running to snag, to snag, to snag. And I went to go. I had to pull the top unit off because it came in the factory pre-stacked and I had to put a different stack kit on it. And my son was like, this won't go on here. I can't get to these screws. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's, this door's in the way. It, I was like, I looked and I was like, I was like, we can't even put this hood on here. It's not made for this. So I called the factory and they're like, no, you can't put a hood on the unit with disappearing doors because the way it's made, it won't set up their flush. And the guy, the customer's like, just cut the hood. I was like, I'm not cutting a $12,000 <laughs> hood it's not going to work and then you're going to yell at me i'm like no so i don't know what's going with that still that was last friday i talked to the, the manufacturer's lead service guy and he's like i think we're going to ship the ovens out i was like just ship new ones to me and i'll get these old ones and we'll, we'll figure it out but it's just a freaking nightmare dude that stuff ain't cheap either to buy a new one of those things right like there's that stuff's meant to last forever they're meant to be used and abused so they're made pretty pretty rigid well no it's weird intended <laughs> given pat's hat yeah, the kitchen world's the kitchen world's different, man. So they they life cycle most equipment is seven years. So oh, if wow. you get if you get seven to ten years out of equipment, you've got they consider that it's paid for itself and it's you know it's it's done its deal. So, but like it just depends on the environment. You go to schools, and I've got schools that still have equipment that was made in the fifties and still use it. But then you go in a restaurant and you see a unit that's a year old and looks like it's twenty years old, just beat to shit. Yeah, it, it all comes down to how the customer treats it. I mean, it's the same thing you guys do deal with. It's, it's the customer doesn't take care of it, or it's abused, or not installed properly. It just it doesn't last. The, the big difference uh, from up here to down there, though, that I've seen talking to some U.S. techs is, uh, Jay, remember our uh, our CFQ exam, the good old Carrier Forty Eight DD. Yep. Uh, where you know, we talk as it as if it's a dinosaur, and we don't find it anymore. Uh, my buddy Rocky, um, he still finds that unit all over the United States, still, wow. still up and running. I, again, like you know, units from the the '60s and '50s, still operating perfectly fine. Well, fine. Once they get in there and do what they need to do to them, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, you guys uh, done anything cool this week, or anything crazy you worked on? Uh, got diverted away from a site that sent 15 people to hospital today. Uh, that sounds like a fun time. As uh, a production facility for uh, 
um, uh, what do they do there? Um, well, they produce uh, different deli meats. And uh, unfortunately, they had an ammonia leak. Uh, and that ammonia leak sent 15 employees to hospital in various states of uh, critical and non-critical condition. So uh, hopefully everybody you know, that was exposed makes it out okay. And uh, luckily I was just on route to site. I got, uh, I was about half hour away from getting there when I got the notice. So I was in the kind of east end of Toronto. Uh, and this site is out in a, near Hamilton, west end. So about hour, hour and a half from where I was. So I was a half hour from getting to site when I got re-diverted back out east to a, a school that I had to do some repairs on. So thankfully I got diverted. Thankfully I wasn't there when all this happened, but uh, you know, as Mike Mayberry says, work safe, play safe, be safe. Yeah. Yes, sir. Ammonia is no joke. It attacks the uh, moisture. So like in your lungs and your eyes, everything. So like you lose all ability to do all the things, man. It's no joke. Yeah. So, I don't know if, if either, you know, yourself, Pat, or you dust, you've been hit with ammonia. Mm -mm. I have not. It's no. so the closest thing I can equate it to. What about yourself, Jay? You ever been hit with ammonia? No, and um, we don't go anywhere near ammonia. Not yeah. anywhere close to it. We have a special restrictions that limit. Like if you're going to be in an ammonia mechanical room, you have to have like a escape respirator and a whole bunch of extra training. And we let the other companies deal with that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't play with ammonia. Uh, in our neck of the woods, we have a saying. Ammonia mechanics are born and bred. Uh, you don't wake up saying, I want to be an ammonia mechanic. Uh, you do ammonia refrigeration because your your father, your mother did ammonia refrigeration. You're born into doing and working on that stuff. Ammonia mechanics are a different breed. Yeah, I've, I've been hit with ammonia. Um, like being vented in a, in a facility. I was once working on a... Uh, on a community center and access to the roof to the equipment I was working on was through the ammonia chiller. Oh. And, uh, there was a, there was a mechanic there working on the ammonia chiller and he was purging. Uh, his bucket wasn't filled with water. He was just <laughs> purging right into the rooms. I walked in and it was like getting hit in the damn chest and getting all the air pushed out of your lungs and you were fighting for air. Uh, another spot that I got, um, uh, I don't want to say dosed, but exposed to mild levels of ammonia was in a gold mine. So gold mines, I was working in the extraction mill where they extract the ore, the gold ore, uh, from the, what they're mining. And what they use to extract the, the gold out of it is ammonia and cyanide. Oh. So I was commissioning equipment where, you know, we we're in the, the extraction mill. So it was like, again, getting punched in the lung and, and the air sucked out of you for the day. And that stuff stays in your clothes, man. So yeah. like for the next two days, like it, it was just my clothes, my tools just reeked of it. It's like working in, I don't know if you guys have ever worked in any uh, medicinal marijuana production facilities. Yeah, I was just going to say that's the stuff. smell of those plants oh. stay for days on we days. Had, we had a company rule, Matt, like if you got a call to uh, in our and our medicinal marijuana companies knew it. Like if we come there, we're not coming there for like a two hour job. Like we're there all day because I yep. can't go to another site after I've been there. And it takes time when you're done to wipe down all your tools, change your clothes because everything 
reeks. Even your credit cards or driver's license in your wallet will smell. Uh, here's, I think <laughs> no, that's seriously, a story, Jay. You're, uh, I'm, we, I was I on one set, of those. Sorry, go ahead. I'll, I'll I had tell a you site the story and they had uh, dehumidifiers like spread out all through the grow room is how they did it. They didn't have units on the outside of the grow room. So you had to like enter the grow room and depending on what stage the plants were at um, would dictate how much room you have between the aisles. When the plants got really big, you literally had to like wade through the plants. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. And so, so it's like the pollen from the marijuana. Oh, everything. <laughs> I would leave my tool bag at the front door and then I would just take what minimal like hand tools I needed because I couldn't take my whole bag there because the canvas would just like absorb all the pores of this stuff. And <laughs> you'd wipe it down and it would even then you'd wipe it down. Your inside your truck would just reek. Um, oh yeah. It was a lot. I'm we yeah. don't look after them anymore and it's I'm honestly don't miss them at all. They were a lot of walking, so much security. You'd have to park in one specific spot and then you have to walk around the facility to enter like a lock gate and do the badges and the safety things. And it was a lot of work. Yeah, it's not only safety going through there, like, you know, your ride home can be um, interesting, shall I say? Yeah, I once got called out to a, a, uh, a medical grow up facility on. Uh, you know, around Christmas, New Year's time. So I was doing my drive home after repairing what I needed to repair. And yeah, I reeked of the of the product. And uh, I was getting off the highway at my you know local off ramp to cut into where I live. And there was a ride program. So you roll down the window, like I'm in a service vehicle, a marked service vehicle. And uh, the officer is like, you know, have you had anything, you know, to consume tonight? Any alcohol or any any other substances? No, sir, I haven't. Why do you reek the way you, why do you smell like <laughs> marijuana? Because I was working on a medical marijuana facility. Are you sure, sir? No, I'm just making up the story to try to get past you. What do you think? Yeah. Like, I have a few instances where here's I my was... dispatch. Literally, yeah. here's the picture of my electronic dispatch of where I was. <laughs> do you want to call the facility right now? I've been downtown Vancouver where all the clubs are and you're get to a service call in, in the middle of the morning, basically. And you're on your way home at like three, four in the morning when all the clubs are closing in the summertime and you go through a checkpoint and I'm like, you know, marked work truck, tired work clothes, the whole nine yards mm -hmm. and you put down your window and they're like, honestly, every single time I've been through them, they, they're just like, ah, go ahead. They're like, Oh, this guy's working. He's, he's good to go. So like, not that I would ever dabble in anything because, you know, it's really important that you don't. But, like, the joke the joke was, you know, if you ever need to have a drink, you just go take the work truck downtown and you're good to go, right? <laughs> so I know yeah. how we're partying in Vancouver with Jay now. <laughs> yeah, right? Man, I'm old. I just I just have a little shot of whiskey or bourbon, and it's night-night time after that, man. And night-night time at 8.30 p.m. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of been off the... the whiskey for a little bit i got to where i was wanting it too much so like, i do the same thing with cigars like i get to where i want them too much and i just like lay off them for a little bit <laughs> for sure absolutely knowing when to cut back and uh you know rein it in it's definitely a good thing my man he's still got the dog <laughs> oh he keeps on squeaking like every 10 minutes he's he's a codependent little puppy this one what kind of dog is that? Is that a... um, he is um, 13 years old. Um, he is a Havanese Yorkie. Oh. 
when my wife and I started dating and we bought a house together, um, my wife wanted, or my girlfriend at the time, I guess she was, we, she wanted a dog and I severely did not want a dog. And, uh, well, I'll give you a hint. We kind of got a dog (laughs) before kids. I had nothing but time to do fun stuff. I go fishing all the time. So I was kind of like, well, if you're going to get a dog, can we get like at least a medium sized dog? So when I go river fishing, um, for salmon, he doesn't get like whooshed away in the, in the current of the river. And no, we got this little guy here. So outboated on pretty much everything. Welcome to marriage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I took him to the river once when I was younger and that was enough for me. He was not having it. I need to come up and go fishing, man. That sounds like a blast. Oh dude, the fishing on the West coast out here is amazing. Um, I've been several times for uh, fishing for sturgeon on the Fraser River. So basically you're just kind of a nice little jet boat on the Fraser River and you toss out your baits and you catch sturgeon, which are anywhere between like little juveniles or tiny, but the big ones will be eight, nine, ten feet long. They're basically dinosaurs. The um, outside scoops of their fins are like razor blades, especially when they're juveniles. It's the only defense they have against like seals and stuff like that, which is their basically only predator. It's really fun. I'm and surprised you sand. didn't break out the tagline there, Jay. Which one's that? No, uh, West Coast. West Coast, Best Coast. That's right. West I was saving it for the end. Saving it for the end. <laughs> we got all the salmon fisheries and stuff, man. It's it's a great place to be. Like it's expensive to live here, but like I couldn't live anywhere else. Like we got mountains, rivers, oceans. It's literally everything. Are you in we Vancouver? Got... Yeah. I lived in uh, Seattle, Washington, for oh, a little yeah. bit. And uh, I was I was planning on while I was out there making the trek up and going to Vancouver, but I never went through all the processes to do that. But I hear that's a great part of Canada because that part of America is nice. Like Seattle's pretty nice. Like you have the fish market, the fishings and stuff as well. So it's kind of that, but more northern. We used to go before kids. We used to go down to Seattle and hang out at Pike Place Market in downtown all the time. Yeah, and Pike Place. We you still get a fish go down. At you? Pardon me. You catch a fish. Like they, when they throw the oh, fish no. the market. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, not I haven't. I've I've been there to watch them chuck those uh, halibuts across the hall, but I haven't actually done it yeah. myself. No, oh. um, we take the, we take our daughters down to like the zoo in Seattle. There, it's kind of a nice little zoo that they have down there as well. Yeah, that's a nice place. Now, the oh, aquarium up in Vancouver that that's something special there. It used to be a lot better. We used to have a lot of cool stuff, but it's not. Yeah. It's kind of tiny. It's not as good as like uh, the one out in Toronto or in other places as well. But uh, uh, it like is a nice little spot, though, for sure. Ripley's Aquarium is okay where where I am, but you know this is going back. Gosh, how many years now? It's been. It's got to be at least six, seven years since I've been out to Vancouver. So that kind of you know puts a time frame around when you know I really appreciated and liked the aquarium. Then I'm sure a lot of things have changed. Yeah, in yeah, that time span but uh just their education and you know preserving nature policies that they have at the vancouver aquarium were something that was really special and something that uh, a lot of aquariums should aspire to yeah. yeah i've ridden my motorcycle all down around washington and seattle as well down where you used to be dusty and highway 20 over over to all yeah. the cool little cowboy towns and the the bavarian town leavenworth and um twist yeah. All that kind of stuff. Really cool places to ride your motorcycle in and out of the mountains, man. It's awesome. Washington's great. You're, did you ever go to Yakima? 
Um, I long time ago. I haven't been yeah. there in the last few years though. That's pretty cool, like somber kind of chill place in Washington. It's not. I didn't even know about it until I was out there. We actually were in Kent, um, and we went to Seattle, and then everyone talked about Yakima. So I mean, it, it's it's definitely it's like a different world out there compared to Seattle. But I mean, I'd, I'd be like part of going back. Yeah, yeah. Do any of you guys ride motorcycles or no? No, I wanted one and I bought a Jeep. <laughs> My mom was a, a registered nurse, so they were called donor cycles, and I wasn't allowed to have one. But then once I had my own place and my own house, then I kind of got my own motorcycle too. So nice, nice. It's just kind of like how, you know, there's there's three people here wearing hats and uh, one that doesn't, but the one that doesn't gets to do the cool thing and ride a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, you got to order the special hat for me. I got a big dome, so. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. You got to get the special helmet, man. It's all that this... HVAC knowledge you got crammed up there, Jay. It's oh. it's something up there. I don't know what's going on up there, man, but it's something. It's something this hat special, is I like tell you. on the last strap, dude. It's barely, barely <laughs> holding begging, on for dear life, hey? begging for mercy. Yeah. Dusty's probably sure. got a little bitty head. He can wear any hat. <laughs> I'm, I'm envious. I'm four. I'm Given four. the hat oh, that you four. got there, though, uh, Pat, um, so when's the, uh, when's the beer cooler and everything going in at the uh, barn? I don't know. I'm going to find a beer cooler. Either find one or build one now. Um, I don't know. I seen it and I was like, it's a limited run thing and I had to do it. My wife's like, how much does that cost? And I was like, oh, you'll see. And she's seen, she's like, what the hell? And I was like, sorry, it's like a one-off thing. I couldn't say no. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. So it's cool. It's just, it's their small pipe wrench. Uh, I think it's, I have to look and see what size it is. So it's got a piece of uh, pipe in there. And it, it's etched, like it says wrenched, which is their beer, and it says 100 IPA, and then it has it's numbered. So mine's number 90. Um, oh, but I about freaked out because I came home and it wasn't on the porch, and my wife didn't get any packages, and it still was delivered. My neighbor was like walking down the road had this box, and it said rigid on there, and I was like, oh god, please say it's mine, please say it's mine. It was mine. So he brought it down to me. I was Thankfully, like, you got out. an honest neighbor as well. Well, it's weird. Like his his FedEx packages always get delivered to my house, but I've never had any delivered to his house. FedEx is just terrible around here, so it is what it is. But does they Rigid make their own beer? Is that a real IPA? Like the Rigid? Yeah, they they made their own yeah. beer. They partnered oh. with somebody and made a beer. So I'm gonna try to get over to Ohio and find some, so I can at least have a can of it. You know, because there's yeah. cans going around, so I like at least have a can of it to keep and like. When I do my office behind where I'm going to record at, I'm going to put a shelf. I'm going to put my um, Cefesso Tech of the Year up there. I'm going to put my uh, my HVC Tactical Award up there. So it's going to be like my award shelf. So just like the cool stuff I want to show off, I'm going to put up there. So That's cool. Where's yours at, Matt? Uh, it's uh, Let's see if directional pointing works. Um, <laughs> it's up over there, actually. Where's your hot block at? Oh, let me grab it. Just bear with me a second here. Let's see if the microphone wire reaches far enough. Jerks his whole computer off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wonder if it's still in the case. We pulled it out of the case. Little case of the lights on it. 
As soon as, as soon as I start seeing those out, I'm gonna go buy one just so I have one. Oh, I'm I'm all over one of those. For so sure. Matt Matt should have the in, so we can just get it from Matt, have him autograph it for us. In clear HVAC R and D mode, I've got my podcast pants on. Yeah, nice. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, y'all know what uh, this one was? The good old Flynn to Win tub. Yes, this sir. is what started the uh, the entire thing. And uh, there's only two of these currently uh, floating around, from my knowledge. Um, so this was an initial prototype tub. Of uh, so we got the the HVAC doctor kind of cartoon guy on there. You know the focus isn't uh, exactly the best on the webcam. Uh, but uh, we got some uh, different tub designs floating around right now with uh, talking with Solderweld and Supco. Nice. Is there a hashtag uh, that goes along with that as well? There is, but I'm afraid to use it because I'm running out of funds. Like, they're asking me to pay for it. Something they're about block you. with the dock? Yeah, the block with the dock. <laughs> Matt won a That's contest good. and um, to be a little ambassador of the hot block there. And so I was out with my boys playing poker one night. And we were drinking copious amounts of single malt and bourbon and stuff. And I came home and before I went to bed, I just kind of looked at my phone and Matt had posted a hot block post and I was like, oh, I know what a good idea is. And then I hop on my little phone. I'm like, hashtag block with the duck. Excellent. And then I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and I guess it kind of took it off. Blew, it bit. kind of blew up. It bit. Yeah, it was a good one. But you, like, you negotiated some good terms on that one. I think so. Um, I was a part of that contest too. And uh, Front um, runner, by the way. I think the reason I didn't win, um, it's just I don't think they could have picked me. Um, block with the dock was a better hashtag. I don't think they could have gone with like hashtag play with Jay. That was the only kind of thing that yeah. went. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't do that one. The yeah. whole play with Jay. Yeah, block with Let's... the dock. You kind of got to choose, and I think you got to choose the block with the dock for sure. Play with Jay. Yeah. Play with getting... Jay. It wouldn't have You're taken away. I don't think marginally more marketable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we got uh, a few other items in the in the shrine. Uh, so, you know, there's one of these things floating around. Uh, I'm sure there is another one from table 22. That's somewhere over in uh, Pat's collection. Uh, it's in the house. I'm out in the barn right now. I'd grab it. <laughs> uh-huh. So. Um, there's a little post a little while ago. It was something that, uh, I got from Mike Mayberry back when Mike was doing his, uh, IG live giveaways. So I, I did a little post about this hat. And uh, this is kind of like my centerpiece mm -hmm. of uh, my little HVAC shrine. So this HVAC mafia hat, uh, for anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know who HVAC mafia, who Victor Lopez was, Victor was an absolute gem and gift to the HVAC community, to the Instagram, social media, and, uh, HVAC community. And him and Mike Mayberry were, were friends. They'd, they'd often meet. And this hat that I have here was one that uh, Victor had given to Mike personally uh, just prior to when Victor passed away. So for Mike to be willing enough to give away a couple of the hats that Victor had given him over his uh, social media and for me to actually get one for everything that Victor had done for our community this thing sits down in my office. It's something that is very, very important to me. 
It'll never be worn. It'll forever just sit in my little HVAC shrine as a memento and memory of uh, everything that Victor did. Nice, nice. I did so, actually get one other thing uh, that I forgot to grab that uh, goes along uh, with uh, the, the tactical experience. Let's see if I can, I think I've got it. So um, I was lucky enough to uh, have my presenter, uh, Mr. Ridley, reach out to me after the tactical awards and uh, say, hey, I found something in my suit uh, from the tactical awards. And uh, if you want to have it, I I'm more than willing to send it over to you. Mm -hmm. So this was something that Brent was holding up on stage. Nice. Uh, and uh, has a little card inside. But, uh, you know, that was the uh, little awards envelope that uh, he opened up on stage. So it, it's kind of, for me, it, it's a very special item as well. Mm -hmm. it, it completes the entire HVAC tactical experience. Yep, I got mine too. Um, that, was, that was a weird moment. Like, I'm... Did you know you were nominated? Uh, yeah. So okay. some some people knew, some people didn't. So like I knew I was because he reached out to me and asked if I went by Powder Patrick, and I was like, Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just you know whatever. You know, I told him he's like, Well, you're nominated. I was like, Oh shit! I was like, That's cool. And I was like, What category? And he wouldn't tell me. He's like, Yeah, you'll <laughs> find out. Yeah. Like, All right. right. So I'm sitting there waiting. I'm just kept waiting for my name, waiting for my name, and then it comes the best social media content and like. The first guy comes up, I'm like, oh, this stuff's pretty good. And it was like Jamie from Northwest HVAC. I was like, oh, he's got this in the bag. And then the next one was like a picture of my ice machines from a local university and in the cooler door. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Chris Stevens up there is reading the names and he opens the envelope and he looks right at me and looks back down. I was like, oh, hell no. And he said my name. I was like, that's cool to have my friend, you know, read yeah. my name and call me up there. So it was, it was totally unexpected. Like I said, I still don't know how I did it. Um, I'm glad. I'm honored. It's it's been a ride. So, hundred I mean, percent. Just have fun with it, man. I, I I sometimes I take it too serious, and really I just need to focus on having fun and enjoying it, and just mm. let it come natural. I mean, yeah. some of these some of these guys are out here forcing it, and it's just it it doesn't really do any any good. I think if you're forcing something, it it comes off as disingenuous. So, That's all I'm doing is having fun, whether. Yeah. I, I my wife it drives my wife nuts i'll like make something i'll edit it and i'll have like some sound or there's me talking and i'll i'll watch it like 20 times before i even post it right and then she's like can you just can you put that away and i'm like and i'll be giggling like a little child every single time the 20th time is still just as funny as the first oh, yeah. time and yeah. i'm like i'm like nicola even if no one likes this i love it it's it's super niche super tiny only a small fraction of the world gets it but the ones who do they get it. And yep. that's what I'm all about. It's so much fun to post that stuff. And then you have people who actually like respond to it and then they'll be like, Oh yeah, that was me last week. And I'm like, that's happened to you. Right. <laughs> Making silly little, silly little reels. Like I, I like to make some content. Like there's some really great people out there making some really great content. That's like training based, mentorship based, troubleshooting based, how to based. I kind of do a little bit of all of that, but just make it silly. 
And yeah, that's what I try to be. You, oh, give it, you give it the HVAC J604 spin. Yeah. That's what makes it unique. Who doesn't want to see an um, get ready with me as an HVAC mechanic in Vancouver, BC? Right? Like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's, I, I need to do some more of those. I really, I had so much fun making that and, and even doing like a little suit drop that I did just before tactical the day of where Man, that was you know, you so mint. down and I'm wearing my A team shirt from infra from infra air. And then the phone pops back up and I'm wearing my suit. Like that stuff's super fun to me. I, I thoroughly enjoy making stuff like that more than I should probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, just have fun with it. That's why I tell everybody's like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't try to be serious, man. I'm like, I put out some serious stuff on how, you know, something I think it's important to know, but most of the time I just, some of things funny or cool. You know, I try to, I'm trying to do more and more like how to stuff, but then I'm like, ah, eh, I forget to record something. And I'm like, oh, this is wasted, you know, footage or whatever. But I just, it's just, I'm just here to have fun, man. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Here to, here to put out the content that you want to put out. Yep. And That's like well the, the content that people want to put out, it's you put out a representation of yourself. And if you're putting mm-hmm. out something different, like you were saying, Pat, it comes off disingenuous or forced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody in this little conversation today and all the stuff that we're putting out on our, on our different brands, that's, that's us, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from, from Jay dropping, uh, you know, his phone to uh, being in his infrared suit, shirt to his, his suit to, you know, his different, uh, you know, shenanigans of, uh, you know, fixing different equipment to, you know, what Dusty's posting to what you're posting to, you know, the dry, here's another Aon unit and here's how to work on it, Matt kind of post. <laughs> here's my, here's my um, laptop on a magnetic holder in a different spot from yesterday. But I like it because everything's so different. Same holder, different unit. Everybody has their own little thing they do. And I find find something interesting and informative from everybody's different perspective on how they see their job. You know, there's lots of guys that do what I do. There's guys that do what Dustin does. There's guys that do what you do. But, you know, everyone shows their little take on it or what they get from it. And it's cool to see what people do and what they get from, you know, what they're doing. So. Sometimes what they get is a face full of glycol. There was a gentleman the other day trying to make a little how-to video and like a little like show and shine of what the inside of a expansion tank looks like. And he got. I don't a... know if Mister Ani would appreciate that. <laughs> Dude, oh, <yeah. laughs> I I am so grateful that he set his camera up before he turned his grinder on. Let me tell you, man, I laughed so hard uh, so many times, and I'm very appreciative that he had the camera ready and he posted it. That was great. But that reminded a- me of something that happened to me when I when I first broke into this trade. So, you know, you've got Petro Canada out in your neck of the woods, right, Jay? Yeah. So Petro Canada is kind of like, well, a Canada wide gas station. Uh, so when I broke into this industry years ago, the company I worked for, they did a lot of work for Petro Canada on their car wash, plumbing and heating side. So one call I got sent to, I had to replace a, uh, a PLT 20 expansion tank on a, uh, 300 gallon, uh, hot water holding tank for the car wash, domestic hot water. Well, I forgot to, uh, bleed the tank. I forgot to pull the Schrader core. On the bladder, so I started spinning that little some bitch off, and it was on top of the tank. So once it got off. to the, that last thread, it shot up like a little rocket, <laughs> and it hit the ceiling. The core slab in the car wash came down, 
hit the ball valve that was isolating the water in the in the tank no, that was still alive, turned it on and started spraying. Oh man, I was soaked solid on that one. And it wedged itself in there. So I'm trying to fight this bastard out. Eventually I got it, but man, I, I was thoroughly wet. That that uh, little post from Eric reminded me of uh, my day of uh, always make sure to depressurize those things before you cut into them. It's a wise, wise uh, comment there, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that, the, that people will show their mistakes and their screw-ups. I mean, so much of social media is everyone just trying to make it seem how good they are and how good they have it. But, I mean, we all have bad days. We all make mistakes. And I'll post my mistakes just like the next guy. I mean, I want you to learn from my mistakes don't do don't do what I did. Maybe learn from it and do something different. But I'm I'm not perfect. I'm gonna put it out there. Nobody is. Nope. My favorite comment to my apprentices or even young journeymen is like when I'm trying to give them advice or give them some training knowledge about how to work on a specific piece of equipment. It's like here's what you should do and here's what you should not do. By the way, like I know this because I did the thing that I'm telling you not to do. Yeah. Like it's been done. Like I, I love to give my apprentices a hard time sometimes, but like at the same time, like I always like remind them like, Oh no, you don't feel bad. You didn't screw this up that bad. I, when I did this task like 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I screwed it up way better than you did yeah. way better. So talk about you taking a shower. Screwed up. Look what I did. Yeah. So, so, so talk about taking a shower at work. We have hoods, hood systems and kitchens and there's a company called Avtech and they make like a raceway and like they have quick connects for the water lines. The problem is these water lines never get disconnected, so there's supposed to be a dry shutoff. You can turn them off under pressure, and they both seal off, and the water comes out. Well, the problem is they there's hoses hooked to them for years and never come off, and they stick. So I didn't know better, so I left the water on, and I popped one of those off, and it was like a three-quarter inch, like 95 PSI at a hospital, dude. And it's just, I'm underneath this hood, and it's just spraying me in the face. I'm trying to shove the hose back on there. You can't get it back on there because you're trying to fight 95 PSI of water. Dude, it was so bad, man. So bad. Oh, I have a, I'll do you, I have a I'll story do you one that. better after Dusty there, Pat. Are you good? Uh, I was I had to change an uh, inline pump motor just off a water heater at a restaurant. And I, they had two shutoff valves on it, so I isolated it. Well, I thought I isolated it, shut them two off. But it was actually backfed through, like, the restrooms. So it had a live water line through it. So I thought I had to shut off. And, you know, you go to take the two bolts off the side. There's a water seal. So I get the one on the back loose and I go in and I just fully, you know, pull the bolt and the nut off the front of it. So it pops up. And as soon as it pops up, I mean, it's just like, it's like hot water just smoking out of there. And it's like, uh -huh. a, it's like a water right in my face. And the only option, cause I can't get to the shutoff water. Cause it's gotta be shut off in the restrooms is just to like put the bolt and the nut back in there and just thread it. And the whole time, like I can't see anything. And like my eyes are closed. I'm just like trying to ratchet it shut. I mean, <laughs> it, it was probably 30 seconds, but it felt like, 30 minutes and i wish so bad i would have been recording that because it would have been quality content and it was, i can still remember it now you know 100 but when you think you got it shut off and then when you you we were surprised like that but it's you know we learn from stuff like that and it is what it is you know a buddy of mine uh just going back about four years now i think he got called out to one of the the banking towers in downtown toronto and uh, his call was a plugged urinal. He, mm -hmm. He's a plumber. Mm -hmm. So he got called out to a plugged urinal. I think it was up on something like the 60th floor of this tower. So he gets up there and he goes to shut off the, the, uh, the water feed at the flushometer. Well, 
as you shut it off and to take off the flushometer to replace it, the inch and a half or sorry, inch and a quarter water line behind that had deteriorated and it snapped. Oh, no. So he's trying to hold inch and a quarter water pressure that's pumped on booster pumps, hold it back on the wall while trying to call the facilities manager to shut off water to the building. And the facilities manager didn't know where the water shut off was. No. My guy, my buddy did. So he eventually, you know, made the decision to just let the water rip while he took an elevator down to go shut off the water to the building. By the time he'd done that, it had flooded out that floor and took out six elevators as well. The <laughs> elevators, you open them up and it was Niagara Falls coming down them. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, holding back that, that bit of water, uh, you know, my buddy, uh, he had a he had a worse day that day. <laughs> yeah. So you guys touched on something earlier. Like here in America, we don't have to have like all the licenses you guys do. You're talking about gas fitter one and this and that. And I'm just amazed that like, all the different things they make you guys do in order to work on stuff. It just, I mean, it's, it's just weird. I mean, I don't know why I find it weird. It's just We just don't have that here. Yeah, I mean, like Jay and I, we hold the same credentials. Uh, Their name's slightly different. So, yeah. you know, Jay and I are both uh, 313A refrigeration and air conditioning system mechanics, which means we can work on anything cooling wise any btu cooling uh single phase polyphase uh across residential commercial industrial and then our gas tickets in ontario mine's a, a fitter one g1 ticket and uh in bc jay's is named uh, a little bit different yeah uh, i i forget the ex exact name for for your ticket class, was it? Like I have the top gas ticket? ticket, so it's like an A ticket, and then yep. that like is unlimited BTUs for whatever, and then below that's like a B one. So for Matt, it's like G one, G two, G three in descending order. For us, it's like A ticket and B ticket. So all se separate <clears throat> schoolings and um, hours accrued to like obtain your hours, and then a separate like interprovincial exam to write it. Yes. Um, so you know, our, our refrigeration ticket, it's, it's interprovincial. We can go anywhere in Canada except Quebec. Yeah. So it's Quebec. That's, that's always yeah, the exception. <laughs> exactly. You know, those cheese eating spider monkeys can keep their own stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just give us the maple syrup. We'll be fine. And poutine. Um, so we can go in within any prevent, any province in, in Canada with that minor Quebec incidence. Um, so I can go do refrigeration out in where Jay is. Jay can come do refrigeration work where I am. Our gas tickets are not interprovincial. They're provincial specific, but we can apply to get the equivalent in whatever province we go to. Yeah, it's I think they're changing to make that like an interprovincial trade currently, but uh, that's still in the works, I think. They've been talking about that for, yeah, for 10 well years. over a decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and what about for you? So then to kind of give a bit of a like time frame on what it takes to get the tickets we have the refrigeration ticket is a five-year apprenticeship nine thousand hours during which you have to do depending on the province you're in in ontario you got to do three two-month sessions full-time of schooling basic intermediate and advanced <laughs> I, at where well, you are jay is it three or four where we are it's four so it's four terms of school uh, so a little bit of difference in terms of the the number 
you know, number of schooling sessions you got to do. Uh, and then for the gas, it's a completely different ticket. So in Ontario for natural gas, you can get your fitter three and fitter two with zero experience on the tools. Uh, you just got to pass the tests, which is scary because after you get a fitter two, you can go start your own residential company. Um, once you have your fitter two to get the ticket I have as a fitter one, you need to have that fitter two ticket for a bare minimum of two years and have 500 documented hours working with a fitter one on appliances over 400,000 BTU. After you've done that, then you can set your fitter one course. Yeah, that's very similar to my province as well for how you get your A ticket and your B ticket, but it's changing now. So now you're going to have to, if you want to get your A ticket, you're going to have to indenture a proper apprenticeship under an A fitter now, I believe. Like when I got my A ticket, I had to have held a B ticket, which is the lower BTU rating for two years. And then you could apply to write, um, excuse me, apply to go to school. And then you did, forget how many hours of schooling it was. It was a lot. It was nights. And then you could go and write your exam for your province and then you're good to go. But yeah, I think the fitter one course where I am, I think it was about three months of night school. Yeah. It uh, sounds about meeting right. two nights a week. Yeah. And what about where you boys are at, Pat and Dusty? What do you guys got going on for tickets and whatnot? Uh, nothing. <laughs> you can get a <laughs> you can get a license. Um, some areas require licenses, some don't. Um, you can go union and specialize in certain things if you want. I mean, I literally had no like formal training from an education center. Um, mine's yeah. just all on the job. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So it's like you I always hear people from you know up there talking about you know, the G1 and the other stuff. I'm like, man, I'm like, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's why I asked about it. It's, um, it sounds like it's a more structured plan and probably a little better off. Um, but here it's just pretty much get your hands dirty or out of somebody. The big thing is, is the fundamentals. The fundamentals are all the same, but like if you were to go and look at my notes that I wrote 15 years ago and look at the notes they're writing in class now, they're different, right? It's all Mm. about just continuing that education as you go through and, bettering yourself today tomorrow including myself like i'm always trying to continue on that curve of following technology and the type of equipment we're working on so that you don't get left behind whether it's a type of fitting or whether it's a type of process or a piece of equipment and how it works it's forever evolving right so speaking about forever evolving and whatnot um so you know i know where where you're working pat you you're doing a lot of training Yep. Uh, and the company you're working for, they're investing in your training as well, sending you out to manufacturer reps to, to get actually, you know, certified on the equipment you're working on. Yep. And what about yourself, Dusty? Um, yeah, they are. Uh, I go to some of the Cephesa schools and the manufacturer training, uh, just continuing education through the year. And uh, down, down here, it's I'm southern Indiana, so we bleed off into Kentucky. Yeah. And most of my work is in Kentucky. So we're required to have a journeyman license, which is a uh, two-year apprenticeship. And then you take the test. It's two years and 12, I can't remember exactly the hours, but it's two years and you take the test, you become a licensed Kentucky journeyman. And that's pretty much it. I mean, you can get your master's after, was it five years? Um, and that's a separate mm-hmm. test you take. But 
I mean, that's only to work on HVAC like refrigeration. There's nothing required. Uh, you know, in Indiana itself, there's really nothing required either. And then kitchen equipment stuff. That's that's kind of the same thing Pat was saying. We don't really have a licensing structure for that. I don't think there's one in the states at all. Uh-huh. It's just about educating yourself. It's right. not you don't have a legal structure to adhere to, but if you educate yourself, you're way better off uh, because it's kind of based upon learning things, building your knowledge, using that, and then just proving that you're a good and efficient technician. Mm-hmm. And then yourself, Jay, where you at? You know, with Emerald Green, you guys are offering you know factory training or seeking out factory training wherever you guys can get your guys into. Yeah, like one of the yourself. One of the greatest things, well, like one of the greatest things, I don't like saying that. One of the one of the ne- interesting things about COVID was just all the webinars you can take. So like, um, not that I have tons of time in a day, but like the opportunity to take all these different webinars is great. Um, we do uh, staff meetings sometimes. We'll try to get a rep agency in when we do a staff meeting to do a training on their product or product line. And then we've also sent guys to trainings for VRFs for the different manufacturers as well. We're fortunate being close to Vancouver. There's lots of uh, the major players out there all have like a headquarters or sales office where they offer training. So you can go and find out about the newest and greatest. And um, we also are investing in our guys too, in terms of like, if there's training that they see that they want to do, then we support them to go and do that myself included in that conversation as well too. I've definitely benefited by doing some paid training um, both close to home and a little bit further from home as well. Nice. Yeah. So awesome. we're we're approaching an hour and forty five minutes, guys. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long one. It's been fun. It's been great. But I want you guys to go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram, and if you guys have any parting words or anything. So let's start with Jay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's probably the best place to find me. Um, HVAC underscore J six zero four. Like I kind of said before, I'm just kind of having fun with it. So like if you like the trades and you our, – our, our job is so hard and so frustrating and it's very easily to get frustrated myself with that. Mm-hmm. But if I can make myself laugh with it, it's kind of that like um, uh, the shining movie. Where you're, if you're not laughing, you're crying kind of thing, right? So I kind of make it a little bit fun. Um, yeah, you and never also, know where he's going to hide his – you never know where he's gonna hide a sticker at. So that's right. You gotta stay tuned, man. It's not just it's not just the posts, it's the stories and um, interactions as well. But like um, I'm also part of a cool little clan here, the Red Seal Inc. crew, which Matt's a part of, and we also got our good friends uh, the HVAC foodie Ilya and HVAC Rachel or HVAC Rach uh, Rachel. Um, we're just a little core group of people that we bounce ideas and things off of and we're super supportive of anyone who needs help too right like if i've had people reach out to me and i know people have reached out to matt obviously and uh rachel yeah right um we we have a great little knowledge base so we're happy to support and help the industry in any way we can that's awesome and matt where can everybody find you at uh so um before you can find me uh remember Hashtag oh, yeah. get J to 1000. Get J to 1K. <laughs> get J to 1K. That'll happen very soon. Uh, so people can find me Instagram, uh, the underscore HVAC underscore doctor. 
Uh, I am also on uh, LinkedIn under my uh, full name, Matthew Waxer. Uh, and then on my neglected social media child, TikTok, which I should start putting more stuff to that. I'm about to go find you there now. <laughs> <laughs> Same name, the, the, the underscore HVAC underscore doctor. But nice. the, the easiest way to find me and get get a hold of me is on Instagram. Uh, and you know, to second what Jay said, I, I am lucky and blessed to be part of a good group called Red Seal Inc., uh, with, uh, again, Ilya, the HVAC foodie, and with Rachel, HVAC Rach. Um, if anybody caught yesterday's International Women's Day, uh, HVAC Rach uh, partnered up and uh, volunteered her time to uh, a group called Women on Site. They're doing an awesome little thing in Ontario uh, across all industries of HVAC, like all industries of skilled trades. Uh, nice. Just a supportive community of like-minded women and uh, it was awesome to see stuff in their event. And in terms of our little red seal group, it, it's a group of like-minded professionals that are there to support each other and support the industry. You know, anybody who has questions about some of the products that, you know, people see pop up on my feed um, I'm there to help out. Um, there's many people I've helped out when tech support closes down for the day to, you know, get them through that bind. And I know, you know, Pat would do the same thing in a heartbeat mm -hmm. for people yeah. in the, in the, in the kitchen, commercial kitchen industry. And I know for bet my bottom dollar, Dusty's going to be doing the same damn thing as well. You That's know, how people... I met Dusty, man. Dusty reached out to me <laughs> for help on some stuff and we became friends. Yeah. We haven't met in person yet, but it'll happen it'll soon. Happen. It'll, it'll happen, happen very soon. soon. I get I get the office done. He's going to come up and record in person. So, yeah, I'll uh, be up there, man. Our other two members uh, that we got to get on your show. Uh, we got to get Ilya and Rach on here to get their stories out on, uh, on your platform. Yes, sir. Um, you know, Rach's knowledge. Now there's a lot of people in the social world that know Brandy Ference, who uh, took home trade lady of the year at the tactical awards. And Brandy is an awesome, awesome person. I'm lucky enough to know Brandy and I've had the opportunity to chat with her a couple times. Uh, Rach's knowledge in the trade, just as long, just as much as Brandy. Nice. Rach is a phenomenal person. And once everybody gets, you know, gets exposed to uh, Rach's knowledge and uh, you know just how good a person Rach is, man, uh, that's going to be awesome. And what sure. can we say about Ilya? Other than, man, he's cut from the same damn cloth I am. He's my <laughs> he's my HVAC brother from another mother. Nice. Uh, nice. You need help on NJR? That's your man. Like twenty five plus years of experience on that product. If he doesn't know the inner workings of anything and everything on that, I don't know who does, man. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Well, Ryden told me make sure I told you guys hi because he called me earlier on the way home from work. So you want to make sure that. I said hi. And I just want to thank my friends at HVAC.R&D for everything they do for us and the community. There's some good guys, so make sure, sure you check them out. So, yeah, Ryden and Dennis right. are awesome folks. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and shut this down, guys. I appreciate your time. Um, now I got to edit all this and get it out tomorrow morning. I got to beat. I got to beat. Uh, make sure he's great again before they get Jay out there ahead of me. So, Jay to scoop, so. thanks for your time, guys. Thanks a lot, Pat. I appreciate it. Thanks yep. for having us on, Pat, and it was a pleasure to chat with you and Dusty. Yep, thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.